0: That's noom.com to sign up for your trial today.
1: How's it going? And welcome to episode 134 of On The Wire. A proud member of the Pictureless Podcast Network. Follow the pod on the Twitter at on the wire Pod. I am Adam Howe. You can follow me at 80Grade. That's all spelled out. And Kevin Hasting can be followed at Hastings Kevin on the Twitter as well and though this is technically not the off season it sure feels like it Kevin this is the fo- day 162 by the time when this comes out we're recording it on friday but the show comes out on day 162 should be just like opening day should be a national holiday and i know that uh, nick will be he'll be streaming um on playbacktv list. will all, a bunch of different games be switching around it's a it'll be a fun time because i love the fact that Every single team pending rainout is playing at the same time in that three o'clock block. It's going to be fun.
2: Yeah, it's amazing. As we're recording here Friday evening, games are going Saturday and Sunday left. I think many of us that may be hoping to pull out a championship or either hang on or get into a cashing position. Have the the same feelings that J.P. Crawford had Thursday night that we oh, cannot geez. repeat on a pictureless <laughs> on a pictureless podcast, but I think that's what we're all feeling right now.
1: Yeah, that that sounds about right. Yeah, you can use your imagination if you don't know what Kevin's talking about. We'll leave it at that. Yeah, especially we talk about we talked about it earlier or a couple of weeks ago. There's no more game one sixty three, so it's fun. Everything ends on Sunday, except maybe it doesn't. Um, right. It's- <laughs> this year
2: it's gonna whichever way that goes with the marlins and mets that you're talking about whatever ends up being decided i've seen some sites post that it will count for thursday other sites don't know what's going to happen yet if they do finish that game they haven't even decided i don't think if If they're going to finish the ninth yeah if the top of the ninth will count if they don't finish it so there may not be fantasy championships decided until monday evening rather than sunday yeah, In some. Uh, I would,
1: sites. I you know what? I would venture to guess. Ultimately, it comes down to whatever Major League Baseball decides counts, and then yeah. that automatically just gets pushed to platforms. But you know what? Let's talk to an expert about this <laughs> exactly. in just a little bit. And luck, luckily for us, we have one said expert joining us today, uh, Derek Butcher from NFBC, NFC, the the whole shebang. Derek, you do pretty much a little bit of everything. Last time you were on the show, you had the self proclaimed title of Swiss Army knife of fantasy sports, and that that's no small feat. That's uh, that's you might have been self proclaimed, but it's absolutely true. Anybody here listening? Who Who's participated in our On The Wire listener leagues over the last two years. You have Derek to thank for setting those up for us. He will be setting them up for us again this year as well. But you know what? Technically, 2023 is not over yet. So I'm just happy to have Derek with us, maybe to explain how NFBC is handling the so-called Game 163 on Monday with Miami and and the New York Mets. But regardless of all that, Derek, thanks for joining us, man. How are you doing?
3: Hey guys, thanks for having me back, Kevin Adam. It's a great time to be here. Uh, feels like it was about—I don't remember when last time. Was it about a year ago? Was it at the end, or was it more of a preseason thing?
1: Last yeah, time? it was. I, I think know. it was in the—it was in the off season. Okay. It was the last off season, I think. Yeah.
3: Yeah, okay. Yeah, so anyways, just real quick, let me tell you how the NFBC is going to handle that game. We're going to handle it exactly how Major League Baseball handles it, right? So whatever the official statistics end up being for that game, whether they play into Monday and have to finish it, or they call it at, they chop off the ninth inning, or they just, whatever they do with it, our stats will mirror exactly what they do. So you're right, uh, Kevin, that we may not know until Monday, Monday at some point on these fantasy championships, but end of the day, the NFBC BC always mirrors what Major League Baseball does, so
1: that will be our stance. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think the bigger gray area really comes Head with to heads, like with head-to-head the leagues counting for Thursday and whether yeah. or not they will count them at all. Because yeah. a lot of Yahoo will say, "Hey, we will will backdate these things," but you know what? It's like championships end on Sunday, <laughs> right. and then the site shuts down, and those site those stats from Thursday aren't even in there yet because the game hasn't because it hasn't concluded. So do you lose all the pitching stats? Do you lose all like one through innings, one through eight? I don't know. This is why you don't do... Uh, head-to-head playoffs into the final week it's this is why you don't do week 17 or week 18 uh, in football you, you don't touch the final week of baseball if not the final two weeks to be honest
3: yeah i agree that's why we run zero head-to-head uh, games there we to, go games, <laughs> just, the MPC, just, just to be honest with with the middleman. Uh, yeah we'll just we let everybody else uh, there's some sites that do fantastic jobs at that so that's just not our cup of tea and, and this is one of the cases where i'm happy that's the case
1: there you go there you go nice All right, guys, we do have one day left of 2023. This is the time, maybe we'll do another episode where, Kevin, where we like look back at what we did. But what I really want to do is I want to look forward already. And I want to look forward at what we're looking at for drafts coming up. We'll get into a little bit, Derek, but NFBC has already gone live with 2024 drafts with your draft champions, your, your NFBC 50s. And we've got some questions revolving around some bigger news items that happen throughout the course of 2023 season and what that's going to do to impact the draft status of said players so we're gonna talk about a couple of those things in our news section and then we'll get into some of the fun formats that you can already sign up for at NFBC I know that there'll be other sites out there that are gonna open up their things sooner than later once the season ends but I love the fact that Derek you've got things going on in 2023 hasn't even ended yet (laughs) i know there's been a couple off-site drafts that have gone on that we've seen on twitter and whatnot but these are live in the draft room on nfpc it's pretty it's gonna be it's gonna be draft board season on twitter before you know it
3: yeah, we seem to have to do this earlier <laughs> every year. Last year, we at least waited till at least, I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday after the final game. But no, nope, they went they went up yesterday and the first 150 draft champions filled today. It looks like we're about 23 or 24 picks into that tonight already. So I'm sure we can talk about that a little bit later.
1: Sounds good. All right, let's let's get to a couple of bigger news items from this year. Kevin, talk about a couple of Tommy Johns or Tommy John lights that we saw, and I'm I'm going to focus on a couple position players that we saw go under the knife in this in this way. Jason Dominguez, of course, of the Yankees, and Riley Green of the Tigers. They each had some form of Tommy John. Maybe it wasn't specifically the standard quote Tommy John, but it was some version of it toward the end of the season. So they both. Pretty much were done you know, sometime in, I think, green. They're both in September, the actual dates of their surgeries. Where do you expect their draft position to start and end by the time March rolls around? So talking about like drafting them now in October, November versus March when we have obviously more clarity on how their surgery went, how their production, how they're, they're doing in their rehab and all that.
2: With Jason Dominguez, they're saying nine to 10 months. That puts it actually post. I've seen some people say around the all-star break. You can say around the all-star break, but that's kind of after the all-star break. And for someone as young as him, I don't see the Yankees having him come back as a designated hitter before he can start throwing. I really don't. And it, he, he's so young. Like I don't think they're going to use him as a DH, especially... And Carl Stanton still on the payroll. His I,
1: own fantasy team, but he's right. on the Yankees payroll. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I don't see that happening. I, I I do see him being drafted in drafting holds and in, in the the fifty round uh, draft champions that are getting started as of today. Uh, as Derek just let us know, he he's probably going to get drafted in the later rounds and may move up a little bit if we're getting good news on what's going on as we get into March. Riley Green is more intriguing because it's his non-throwing arm. And they're saying he could be back and participating in spring training and be ready to go for the start of the season. Now, any news that happens then will greatly affect where we see him going in March. But I, I definitely think that we'll, we'll see him being drafted much earlier than Jason Dominguez, although he's probably not projected to perform. As well as Dominguez when they're both healthy, but I think we're going to see him. Gosh, just after the your start, I don't. Nobody's obviously drafting him as a starting outfielder, probably, but sixth, seventh outfielder, thirtieth round of a draft and hold that people are going to start thinking about him. And then when we start getting good news, everything's going as planned and things are on track. He's going to be ready for spring training. Then he is going to be a starting outfielder on rosters in five outfielder leagues so he'll definitely move up as march rolls around as long as the recovery is going well so i see a big difference between the two here
1: yeah, we're gonna get into this a lot more later on in the show. But if you were to do, let's just say a 15 team Fab League in October, Riley Green, it sounds like is right up your alley for being a very late round flyer as long as he drops that far. But these are the types Absolutely. of these are the types of draft that you can take a little bit more chances on because obviously you can make up for it come the last week of March, first week of April in fab when you have obviously more decision more knowledge of the situation, Derek, we got some Tommy jobs that happened to some pitchers throughout the course of the season. I'm going to focus on one, but if anybody else comes to mind, by all means, lump them in Robbie Ray is the one that comes to mind here as he got his Just as the calendar turned to May in 2023, you put that into the whole year and a half, which is what you typically see for pitchers coming back, especially if it's a throwing arm as opposed to Riley Green's non-throwing arm. He could come back in time for the second half or maybe in the final third at 100% quote unquote 100% for Seattle. Would you be targeting someone like this in a D.C.? with the hope of them returning for the second half of 2024. And are there any other pitchers that fit this bill for you?
3: Yeah, so Robbie Ray is a fun example for me because I used to be on him a a lot. He was one of my guys. And then the wildness bouts, and I just got tired of owning him, or excuse me, rostering him. So it's just he's a guy, and it's a good example. Like in a D.C. where you think, man, you know what? i got 50 roster spots. But he's actually a kind of guy I've switched my philosophy in in recent years. I do believe you need a quote unquote cavalry coming for the second half of DC's, right? You got to need that influx of guys you didn't have in April, May, and maybe June. However, I think Robbie Ray is the kind of the wrong type of player for that in the fact that we, again, it's a Tommy Johnson. So it's an injury thing and you're inviting injury onto your roster no matter what. Now, again, you're right. Maybe he comes back June, July, somewhere around there for the final third. But boy, that's a big that's a big ask and a big if already, right? So you're not having him for three or four months. Possibly he comes back. You still don't know what you're going to get, even if he comes back. I would rather take shots on young rookie type pitchers where you don't even know if they're if they're going to be on the ro- on a roster come the entire 2024. However. I'm trying to think of a guy maybe this year that came to mind. Maybe like a, maybe Grayson Rodriguez isn't the right example because he started and got bombed, sent back down, comes back up, does better. Guys like that where the, we think the potential is there. They're young. They're 22. They're 23. Yeah, Andrew Painter, perfectly, like you said. They're a guy – this year would have been a guy I would have used that strategy on where I'm thinking if he doesn't start in the bigs, at some point they're going to need him. And that's a guy I would like to have some shots at down the line where – Even though I may waste a spot on him and he doesn't come up all year, I feel better that if he does come up, I'm going to get a lot more. So many things are team-dependent at that point. It's so hard when you're drafting in November, December, to know what's going to be happening with teams six, seven, eight months later. So to me, I'm done inviting injury-type things and waiting for guys and hoping they come back. Uh, I'd rather just use bullets on young guys that hopefully get there but might not. Uh, And again, maybe that's just me uh, getting – just killed by drafting Jacob mm-hmm. DeGrom here. The name was going to come up. After a year. <laughs> so that's that probably is part of it. And uh, so I, I actually will speak to Jacob DeGrom a little bit later. But to answer your question, Robbie Ray type pitchers coming up, that he. I'm just avoiding that. I, I just don't want a part of that.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I, I, I typed in Andrew Painter here at the last second just because I remembered, of course, Andrew Painter, not only did he have all the hype coming up going mm-hmm. into 2023 drafts, but he also had Tommy John. He had Tommy John about a month prior to Robbie Ray. He is obviously a few years younger than Robbie Ray. So Derek, I'll let you answer first. So if gun to your head, do you pick Painter or Robbie Ray? It, it Because they're in such a similar situation. But obviously, talent is a question. Production or lack thereof is a question. Uh, but you got to pick one of these guys to fill in a mystical IL spot on your in your. DC 50s, which direction would you feel more comfortable with?
3: I guess at this point, Painter, again, so he w- I guess he was my, what I was talking about him, I, he was a guy that I, w- I would have been talking about that type of strategy this year, right? Before we knew he mm-hmm. had, before we had the, the TGS, where we thought he was going to be coming up. Some people thought he was going to start the year with the Phillies. Some didn't right away. Some thought maybe he comes up in June, July. So at, at this point, I, I guess I would just lean to the younger guy at this point. I, I feel maybe they'll just heal a little bit better. And I've taken my lumps with Robbie Ray enough. So i got <laughs> into to my head, I'm just, I'll just take the Painter choice
1: the situation Kevin do you feel any differently this kind of fits into the, the segment that I'll probably bring back sh- next episode with the ask the avoid stream keep between just with these two guys Andrew Painter Robbie Ray and honestly anybody else that I might be forgetting you can lump this in as well
2: you know me Adam you're gonna have to come up with a lot worse picture than Andrew Painter before I pick Robbie Ray
1: that's true that's true i'll just throw wade miley in there and see if if that makes it any sweeter Um, no i
2: think the thing with ray his detriment is command right and his amazing season was when he could command his pitches prior to that he didn't since his amazing season he hasn't and it's the last thing to come back after Tommy John surgery so I I have zero interest in Robbie Ray for 2024
1: all right let's get off the pitchers then and let's get into some young guys Kevin we saw a lot of young guys come up throughout the season literally we talked about it every single week there was a new prospect to consider throwing your fab on this year what we saw We saw some other young guys fly through the minor leagues. We got Jackson holiday, the top pick from 2022 draft moved steadily throughout the minors in 2023. He ended the season in triple a, I believe he actually helped the Norfolk tide make it to the finals. I saw Alex fast tweet that the other day. So it was nice of them to have him on the roster at the end of the season when they're in the playoffs. (laughs) Then we have 2023 draft picks, Paul Skeens, Dylan Cruz, Wyatt Langford moving up as well over the course of just a couple months after being drafted. They all ended in double A with the exception of Langford, who actually got five games at triple A to end the season as well. Are you prioritizing any of these guys, Kevin, to either in either drafts, in early drafts, after seeing what their organizations have done catapulting them through the minors? on top of seeing the success that we saw from all the other young talent, not only moving through the minors quickly, but also jumping into the major leagues?
2: Prioritizing, no. And I think in most drafts, there's gonna be somebody in the league that is prioritizing some of these guys. So I'm probably not gonna have a lot of them. I think I'm gonna have more, some of the guys that are a little lesser known, especially in, in the 50 round DCs. Uh, I think I think we have gotten to the point where we do want to take a shot on a couple of guys. But I, I'm going to look at guys that I I think have a shot that I don't have to take as early as some of these guys are going to go. Jackson Holiday, I, I think, will start the season at the major league level. He's one of these guys that could win rookie of the year and earn a draft pick. Right? Wyatt Langford, maybe as well, as crazy as it seems. We have to be a little careful on some of this late season movement. Right, The lower the level, the earlier the season ends. And some of these guys, more plate appearances, more innings pitch means moving them up or waiting until Arizona Fall League. We have to be a little careful about that. But guys like Wyatt Langford, uh, he could very well be Texas's shot at getting a draft pick. Because, yeah, he's been amazing so far. The Paul Skeen's, Dylan Cruz, it's, I feel like this is probably unfair, but when I see Dylan Cruz, I automatically think Spencer Torkelson. He was the best college bat we'd seen come out of the draft in a long time at the time. And it took him two or three years to get, to get, uh, make his adjustments at the major league level. I see that coming for Dylan Cruz. Paul Skeen's pitching, probably not, drafting these pitchers at least in most leagues I think there's going to be somebody more interested than me if they slip through the cracks and start dropping then yeah absolutely I'll take a shot but I think they're going to go higher than I'm willing to go
1: yeah I think we mentioned this before it's it's so difficult slash rare I feel to see a pitcher win rookie of the year in general that I don't think the pirates have enough of a I don't think they have. I don't think they would have enough confidence in even somebody as talented as Skeens to come up from day one and just and just mow everything over through throughout the course of twenty twenty four without any as much as a as a hiccup that would keep him from winning the NL Rookie of the Year. I also am biased because the. Pirates have their AAA team in Indianapolis and I wouldn't mind going to a game that he's starting there. Hopefully he spends a little bit more time there to give myself the opportunity. Derek, same question. Are any of these guys or anybody else because of what we saw in 2023? Now this is really just reactionary as well. The way I'm putting this is that we again, we saw so many talented players come up and do well. Like some of them obviously didn't do that well and had to be sent back down or option. But I do feel like overall, we saw names come up. We saw Mason win. We saw other guys come up and they might not even been a top 50 prospect on most lists, but they still came up. They had the opportunity. They were given the opportunity and they succeeded. Does that change the way that maybe you look at prioritizing these types of players, especially in the early drafts where in theory, you can take advantage of the unknown.
3: Yeah, so I'm on uh, uh, on Jackson Holiday and Wyatt Langford big time. I, in my long-running dynasty league, I actually made it a priority to to acquire both Holiday last year and, and Langford this year after I was able to do. And I just love everything I see about both of these guys. One holiday, the shortstop, I think he's going to stick there. I think most people feel like he's going to stick there. There isn't anything in his way in Baltimore at shortstop. Gunnar Henderson can definitely move over, play some third base. We've seen that. So I, I think the sky's the limit. Jackson Holiday, to me, reminds me, you are talking recently about these guys, reminds me of Bo Boucher just the whole demeanor plummeting up through the or just firing up through the minors and could have that type of impact so I'm very excited about Jackson Holiday and then Langford as well I just there's nothing Blocking him in Texas, honestly, there's nothing in his way. He got one decent, really outfielder. There, Leodi Tavares is Leodi Tavares, and you got Adalise. But all these guys are they are all arb guys, and I, I'm just excited for these two schemes. Okay, Cruz, I, I feel very much the same. Kevin made a great. I, that's an awesome comp on Cruz. I thought that was very funny. I, I didn't think of that myself, but once he said it, it made a ton of sense. So I. Mm -hmm. Those are my two big guys. I like I said, I've gone after them. I will, so I will have some shares of these guys this year for sure. In in the DC type format, we do a couple. I do a couple private ones with some guys, and then Greg and Tom and I will do one with some customers as well. So I, I will definitely, hopefully be able to get the <laughs> services of these two guys. I'm excited about both. I, I just love the on-base percentage, everything that goes. I'm just a huge on-base percentage guy. I think it translates so well when, when they're not striking out millions of times in the minors. I get it. Adjustments always have to be made. But to, to, sometimes you can just see, I'm a, still a big eye test guy. Even as a fantasy and as much as analytics has taken over everything, I'm, I'm still an eye test guy sometimes. It, maybe if it's the coin flip thing and he passes the eye test, that's a big thing for me.
1: I liked your comparison with Jackson Holiday and, and Boba Chet, and not only just because of the position and the production and all that, but there's always something to be said about the lineage, yep. about have about being in the game your entire life, uh, following your dad around in the clubhouses, knowing yep. how to carry yourself, and that allows you to have a better sense of. That had to play a a role in why Jackson Holliday was able to move up so quickly as well, because just the way I'm sure he handled himself at every level, knowing what was expected of him, obviously not struggling and producing at every level (laughs) the whole way through doesn't hurt. Uh, But obviously, Bichette had this had the same upbringing as well. So when you are surrounded by these major leaguers your entire life from the time you were born, you you learn a thing or two and it helps translate. As long as you have the talent to go along with it, very well said. Yep. All right, we got. I got. This is not really a news item. This is a more of a. I want to get your guys' take on some awards that some unofficial awards that I want you guys to give out to players and how they're going. How these awards, quote unquote, may impact how you see them being drafted in these for early twenty twenty four drafts. Let's let's go back to Kevin to start it off here. Kevin, we're looking at your biggest breakout pitcher and hitter. And on top of that, the are you buying them to continue the breakout or are they more of a one and done and you're going to be avoiding them?
2: For my hitter, it seems crazy, but I'm going to the catching position and some would argue his breakout actually came in 2022. But William Contreras with his full time gig in Milwaukee has been amazing batting average that we don't typically get from a catcher not as much power as we saw in 2022 and he's still got 17 18 home runs but he had 20 and far less plate appearances in 2022 but just all-round statistics and close to 600 plate appearances from a catcher racking up the runs and rbi uh i i really like william Contreras and going into 2024 Right now on the auction calculator, he's the number one catcher in a 15-team two-catcher league for fantasy baseball. He wasn't drafted in the first seven rounds of Mm -hmm. the meatball draft, and five catchers were. Rio Muto, Will Smith, and Adley Rutschman all went, they went within four picks of one another in the fifth round, the second, fourth, and fifth picks of the fifth round. And I I think those are probably the top three in a lot of drafts. Francisco Alvarez went late or middle of the sixth, and then Sean Murphy early of the seventh in that particular draft. I would take William Contreras over at least three of those five. And if he's going to be available, I don't expect him to be available outside of the seventh round. I think there was probably a little bit of oversight here. And the catchers in general went later than last season in this particular draft. But if I can get William Contreras in the fifth or sixth round, that's, I'm all in on that. And for pitching, I went Kyle Bradish. I think this is one of those, there's a lot of people that were a year too early. We, we had, we had, a, it was Todd Whitestone last year. Was all in on Kyle Bradish, and a lot of people were, and he was disappointing. But he has performed in 2023 and quietly. I think, of course, we know what Kyle Bradish is doing, but I don't know if people realize just how good he has been for fantasy teams. And I think he might be a little undervalued still going into 2024 as well. So I picked a couple of guys that I probably aren't the best biggest breakout uh, the way you had them listed but uh, they're guys that I think are still going to be um, good values going into 2024
1: all right Derek same kind of question breakouts only hitter pitcher and then at the same time a breakout doesn't necessarily need to be somebody who is going to do well in 2024 they could still be in a void so 2020 2023 breakouts and whether or not you will be jumping back in and paying the the freight that comes with that or, or probably avoiding.
3: Yeah. So the first, let me just give a quick props to, to Cody Bellinger on the rebreak code. Cause I, I had left him for, I think a lot of us had left him. For I thought dead. about him so, too. Yeah. yeah. So props to Cody. That's not my, my, my pick, but I, I'm glad to see him back. It's good. It's just, gla- it's great for fantasy baseball and MLB baseball to have a good player find himself again that was great yeah yeah yeah, exactly perfect (laughs) but i'm gonna go with corbin carroll i know that's that's an obvious one but once he settled in at the end he was going third round fourth round main events early fourth depending on the guys picking but think about this guys if somebody told you at the beginning of the year that corbin carroll was going to go 286 with 116 runs 25 homers 75 76 rbis that wherever he has at this point and then 52 steals where would you have taken him
1: the 52 steals alone is you know, the right? top two rounds. Top yeah. Five, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Let's just say he settled in at the beginning of the fourth round, is basically where he ended up. Tonight, we had the DC, and we'll talk about the whole thing later, but he went fourth overall tonight and i probably would take him third that's just I, I just when a you know young guy 22 comes out and everything's there the on base percentage is over 360 and it's his first year and that's something that that's just a big deal uh, again to me i'm an obp guy i think cuz that just helps you everywhere it just translates across the board I, this guy just doesn't seem to have a ceiling at this point and man is it fun to watch him run the bases so that's my hitter again i you're going to you just mentioned about having to pay the freight now you're having to pay the freight yeah yeah top 3 pick. So you're, yeah. Yeah, you're paying the freight in 2020 <laughs> Before, but I think he I think I'll do it if I've if given the choice on, on some situations and then my pitcher is just it's just Justin Steele you look at it you watch him nothing is like eye-popping right he just, to me it just he goes out there he does his job none of the peripherals scare me his hit percentage was around 33 so it's, he wasn't super lucky he strikes out only a batter in an inning or so but there's nothing wrong with that at this point he keeps the ball on the ground he's just one of those guys that He wasn't drafted in some leagues. He was a free agent in in, in some of the early leagues. He just wasn't getting drafted. And to come out 27 years old, I like, I I look at him as just like a crafty lefty. I was trying to think of someone to comp him to, and I know I would just screw it up and I wouldn't give you the right name. So I I just, I'm going to comp him to himself. I'm excited. This is a guy I would take as a 15 teamer next year. I would look to him as. Depends on how I load up. He could be a second, uh, your number two SP if you your do SP things two, the right yeah. way, or for sure if you get him as an SP three. Man, that that could be a, a really nice rotation. So I just liked watching this guy pitch this year, and so that's my my my. P- pitching breakout if you will
1: yeah i wonder i kind of wonder how the way he's ending this season is going to impact him in drafts especially early ones people always love to say oh look at the second half look at how they ended the year etc etc he sure seemed like he ran out of gas in the last couple starts as well that could just be a way of getting whatever kind of discount Yep. Somebody who is in the running for Cy Young <laughs> could possibly get you next year. But it's something to consider as these, once the final, once ADP actually gets put out, when you can start realizing why is this guy being drafted at this point? These are the, these are storylines that are going to get forced into the narrative once once those things become available. All right, let's go back to you, Kevin. Now we talked about breakouts. Let's talk about some busts, some, some players that, again, disappointed through the 2023 season whether it's based on where you drafted them or where other people drafted them whatever you want to base it on whatever a bust means to you and then on the flip side are you buying that this is bust is a permanent thing or can they bounce back a la cody bellinger in 2024
2: i'll start with the hitter again and this hurts because i love watching this guy play baseball but vladimir guerrero jr uh in main events was had an adp of 11 overall first-round pick, and yes, 26 home runs, 94 RBI is fine. It didn't kill you, but it made him the 11th most valuable first baseman, not 11th overall. (laughs) (laughs) 11th overall first baseman, and what really hurt was the batting average. We know it came down to a a bit last season. It dropped even more, and we've always thought about – Vlad having the power with the hit tool, and it that we just didn't see this year. Two sixty three batting average. Once again, it doesn't kill you, but we wanted to get help in the batting average category in five by five roto leagues from Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and we didn't get it. He you you can say that six hundred seventy two plate appearances uh, of a two sixty three batting average helps stabilize your batting average because. That, that is a little higher than what we need, and it really can help stabilize it. But we really thought he was going to help boost it. And we, when we're taking players later in the draft, it's, okay, I can take this guy because I have Vlad up top. And that just didn't come to fruition. He ended up giving us the value of a late sixth, early seventh-round player, and he was taken in the first round. That When it's that early in the draft, I consider that a bust. Will he bounce back? I think so. <laughs> I really do. I, I, it, it, he's doing the same thing he's always done. Hits the ball really hard, takes a lot of walks, doesn't strike out, doesn't hit the ball in the air enough. And when he did do that uh, a couple of years ago when, when they were playing, it's almost like he knew, oh, we're in Dunedin and, and Buffalo. Buffalo. Yeah. <laughs> all I got to do is hit a, for, with the power I have, all I have to do is hit a pop fly and it's going out of the ballpark. He's got that power. He needs to do that everywhere he plays. (laughs) And I think he's still really young. So I do think he'll bounce back and I hope he drops in drafts because I'll take a shot on that pitching. There was a lot of choices here and that, and I, I thought about several, but I kept coming back to Christian Javier. He was the 12th starting pitcher off the board in the main events for 2023, And with it, he was drafted as early as the second round, never made it out of the fourth round in those main event drafts. And he's like the 138th ranked starting pitcher on the auction calculator. It's just been bad. Just the the strikeouts is a little under a strikeout in any, not horrible, but we we definitely did not get what we hoped we were going to get out of Christian Javier. And I don't have him on any teams. So it was shocking to me when people started bringing his name up mid season, what's going on with Christian Javier? And I started paying attention. It was like, Oh, cause <laughs> I liked him and I just kept missing out. It was one of those times that it's better to be lucky than good. I, I wasn't <laughs> missing him on my teams because I, I was good. At, I was lucky. He was being taken before I would grab him, but yeah, disappointing again. I see a bounce back, but I don't know how much of a bounce back. It will definitely be league dependent. I'm sure in some leagues, there'll be somebody in there that's a believer. Houston Astros, they know what they can do with these guys. I buy into that a little bit and I'll be interested. But in leagues where somebody thinks he's going to do anything close to what we saw in 2022, he's going to be drafted before I'm willing to draft him. And the home run to fly ball rate, we know that is so volatile. And that's what's really killed him this season. So that's why I'll give him the benefit of the doubt in many instances. I'm just afraid there's going to be others that give him more of a benefit of that doubt than I do.
1: Yeah, I would venture then. You'll probably get him. in 12-teamers, maybe not as much in 15-teamers. Exactly. There's just more bodies in the room to for bring the odds up that somebody likes them a little bit more, or at least is willing to give them more of a benefit of the doubt than you are at, at the moment. All right, Derek, same thing. Let's talk about some bus. Yeah,
3: Sorry, I'm gonna have more than a couple names here, but I'll go through these quicker than uh, just. because I need to bring all these up, right? So, of course, if <laughs> if if anybody follows me on Twitter, they know I'm the biggest Byron Buxton fan on earth. Just another lost year. I, I it's so frustrating as a Twins fan. I, guy can't play center field. He did not play an. He did not play an inning of center field this year. It's if he can't, if he's DHing and he still can't stay healthy, I, I don't know, man. I I love this guy. He has carried the Twins in certain stretches where he defensively and offensively. But I just think he's broken, and I don't know. I I say a prayer every night to hope that he can stay healthy again for <laughs> us. But I'm just not sure. So I'm sure next year I will end up with some Byron Buxton, but I will not have as much as I have had in these past couple years because i just he i was getting him fifth sixth seventh wherever i had to take him and and it just was a a bad choice and my teams with him suffered because that another guy i want to bring up who i actually am going to be back on next year is taylor ward one of my favorite guys from this year just uh, again the injuries and and the last one obviously being fluke getting hit in the face and missing the last two months just as he was starting to get hot there's the one guy i'm going to be backing on for sure 2024 so taylor ward is going to be one of my favorite picks next year i think he will come cheaper than he did this year uh, when I thought he was going way too late. Then we'll go, I I mentioned him earlier, Jake DeGrom, uh, just to me, we never know but if he is healthy to me he with a bullet is the 1.01 now you can argue that this year he wouldn't have been because what Ronald Acuna did I'm not sure what a pitching line would have had to look like to be better than what Ronald Acuna did (laughs) but yeah Yeah. in a normal year to me when he's healthy he's that good and I'm a very non-risk averse drafter I like to throw it out there I want to finish first by a lot and I don't care if I finish last if I don't finish first now I, I don't like sit on teams and not put in lineups and do fab but there's just times you put rosters together and it just doesn't work out so i had some teams this year with the buxton ward those teams it, it didn't work out let's just say my gladiator,
2: yeah. my gladiators had buxton and the so that yes. didn't work out so well
3: <laughs> you, the, you know what the silver lining is there kevin is we don't have to worry about drafting until 2025 now so that's actually my silver <laughs> line i'm going into next yeah. year no to ground drafting in 2024 for me that's <laughs> good uh and then let me say real quick joe ryan he wasn't a bust but boy, he, it really made me sad as a Twins, you know, Twins fan watching him. Because you sometimes he goes out there and he just looks amazing. And then there's times you're sitting there watching him. It could be the very next start. You're like, this next pitch <laughs> is going to end up in the left field bleachers. You can sometimes you're just watching the guy and it just, it's crazy. So he makes me sad. He wasn't a bust. He had 190 plus strikeouts in 100 and 100. 57 innings i think the era 4.3 that was that hurt the whip was fine at 1.15 or whatever but just as a twins fan in general that made me sad the one thing i will say i did right all year and maybe it wasn't me maybe it was just other people doing wrong making me look right is i did not have any dylan cease and i was off dylan cease i just didn't believe in last year and so thank goodness that was the one thing i got right he was a bust i'm not i will not be back in on dylan cease at all i'm just I, that's a guy i'm done with i i had him two years ago, not 2023 or not 2022, excuse me, 2021. I didn't, so I didn't have many sure. in 2022 where he was actually very good. Just a guy, I'm just there's too many other guys around where he's gonna go, I believe that would interest me much more. So I'll be no Dylan Cease in 2024. Yeah, I really true. tried
2: to trade Dylan Cease prior to the season in my keeper league, my home league. But when you are on a site called Pitcher List, people get really <laughs> leery when you're trying to dump a pitcher. <laughs> I couldn't
1: get rid of him.
0: <laughs> I, I,
1: I, <laughs> I, I, I don't know if they just didn't realize that was the case with me, Kevin, but I was able to trade Dylan oh, nice um, in a package that got me Mookie Betts. So oh, I was, I, I was, I was oh. okay with that. I was, yeah. Yeah, I think the line that would that would match Acuna would have to at least start with like a 320, 300 strikeouts, 20 right. win. That That's yeah. like the, the floor that you would need <laughs> to see to get the 40-70. But the, yeah, and I am... Honestly, it is maybe embarrassing to say, but I am shocked that I did not realize that Buxton not only did not play center field, he didn't play the outfield. Didn't play He, he didn't play, he didn't play the all. field. No, he didn't play at all. Uh, so he will be u only going into 2020. On every format, <laughs> on yep. every platform. Yep. I don't know a platform that would give him something for that. So, yeah, that'll be fun to figure out <laughs> or not have to figure out in, in, in most cases. All right, guys. I think that was, that was fun. That was a fun discussion there. Let's talk. We're going to get into some talk about actual drafts that are happening for 2024, and we will do that after this quick break.
0: When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat, and that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. And based on a sample of 4272 numers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at noom.com. That's n o o m.com to sign up for your trial today.
1: All right, guys, we are back. Of course, you were still listening to On The Wire, officially the final episode of the 2023 season. But of course, we are already talking about 2024. We are here with Derek Butcher and, of course, Kevin Hastings by my side. Derek of the NFBC is already signed up, filled, and went live with multiple draft rooms on the NFBC site. Of course, this comes right on the tails of football Going live a couple of weeks ago, you guys have, you have obviously other sports going on on the site as well. Basketball is coming up and other things. And not to mention that 2023 season one is not over and you have playoff Hold'em as well coming up as well. Derek, I'm going to lead off with that. Can you tell everybody exactly what that is? Because it's a very different format because um, obviously it's only for the course of the the, the, the next month. Um But if for those who don't want to let go of 2023 quite yet, (laughs) is this something that they should be jumping into?
3: Yeah, this is fun. So this is actually a points league, right? So the points would mirror like our cut line or our best ball baseball leagues where you're getting points for home runs, hits, steals, RBIs, runs, that kind of thing. Uh, What's nice about it is we actually changed the format up, I think. I want to say three years ago, it might be two. We we don't actually use the wildcard game since they've gone to the two of three. So mm-hmm. what? It, so the contest really doesn't start until the divisional series where you have eight teams, right? left four four in each league so it gives you some time to, to the season winds down if you cash in any type of league in in the regular season you got money in your account you can throw it to the postseason contest 150 150 this year has a, a brand new twenty thousand dollar overall grand prize mm. and again so it's we call it hold them because it's you basically are hoping to hold the guys that you use because they, it's a multiplier round so like in the divisional series everyone picks 16 guys i think it is and you get the points for what they do in that series However, if you're thinking, let's say you're thinking the Dodgers are going to win the World Series, you're going to be limited, you're limited on a certain amount of Dodgers in round one, but in round two, you can pick up more Dodgers in, as you go. So you're thinking, you got to be playing as, okay, this is what I think is going to happen in these series, because I want these guys on my roster, because I want them around for the World Series, because in the right. AL or NL NLCS, you're going to get two times the points of anybody that's been on your roster the whole time. When you get to the world series, it's three X, right? So you're, you're trying to build a roster mm-hmm. that you think can keep going. Now there's some parameters again, on how many you can use from each team or whatnot, but it, it's a fun thing. It, it's a good thing for the postseason. It's not $150. It's not a killer or you're not paying 500 bucks or something. So it's just a fun ending end of the year type of thing. Um, like I said, the grand prize went up from 15000 to 20000 It's a fun little thing. We're hoping to get around 400 teams. I think we had 402 last year or something. So just not a huge deal, but just something to give everyone, to whet someone's appetite while you're doing the playoffs. Again, like you said, though, we've already started with our draft champions for 2024, and the NFBC 50s will start filling. You guys are going to, we'll talk about the league that you guys are going to do upcoming, whenever it fills, for whenever you guys are ready to get that out. So uh, we're excited. Again, you mentioned, yeah, we got basketball, we got hockey. They're very small scale in comparison to baseball. or or football and the drafting window and the buildup is very concentrated it's like about 10 days for each where you really got to cram the drafts in and stuff it's fun I'm a hockey guy I don't know if you guys know that hockey's Mm -hmm. my thing I grew up playing hockey so I I do all the hockey stuff I like it I get a kick out again it's really small it's just something that we started four or five years ago when I came on and just wanted to have it out there because we didn't have anything so we don't do any mm-hmm. massive contests we have a roto wire like we do in basketball we don't have a main event or anything so hockey you're just going to get some small fun stuff again for people that love hockey they love it we, and of course we have like a hockey challenge or a hoops challenge like we do for the, like the diamond challenge of baseball or whatever so we got those kind of things where you're doing salary cap stuff they're not drafts you're just sure picking your teams based on salary cap so that that way at least you can get all the people that you want under one roof you're not having to worry about in a draft just always trying to have something out there for everybody, right? Price ranges up from 25 all the way up to our huge stuff in baseball and in football. But again, just trying to be out there and, and get people to the site and providing a place for people to have fun.
1: Yeah, it's definitely fun. And I know Kevin and I at the very least will be involved in at least if the last two years are <laughs> any indication that's not going to stop. What I want to focus on, something you said right at the beginning there was the fact that the winning, I want to give NFBC extra props for this because you said that hey, you're gonna get some winnings from the 2023 season in your account. You can use it toward hold them. You will. I trust that it'll be the same as last year. Like those winnings went out like Next day, it felt like last year. And so you guys, you guys are on top of that. And, yeah. So we're going to, most people appreciate that.
3: We're going to rerun the standings on uh, Wednesday night just to make sure if there's some last minute scoring changes. Last year, there was an O'Neill Cruz one a couple days after the season. Right. We're going we're gonna to do that, but we'll rerun them Wednesday and we'll have the, money on account either Wednesday night or basically first thing Thursday morning the the post-season holding contest doesn't start till doesn't start till Saturday you have to the first game so plenty of time to pick a ro- It doesn't take long to pick a roster there it takes maybe 10 minutes to, to, mm-hmm. to but you can think about your philosophy for that or whatever just yeah just the way we like to get that money out you guys earned it right we want to get it right. to you as soon as we can it doesn't we've held it long enough at this point so as soon as we can make sure everything's official we love getting it out
1: yeah, that's true. That is the, the rub of season-long fantasy baseball. It's like picking futures picks, and you just got to hold it out. And sooner or later, it'll get there.
2: Um, if, it, if anybody hasn't tried the postseason hold'em but has thought about it, it is a lot of fun. I've been doing it for three or four years, and it's a blast. I, I was fortunate enough to finish top 10 last season, but even the years that I haven't finished so well, it is a lot of fun going through and deciding, okay, who do I want for – the so-called guaranteed points who do I want to take a shot on who do who am I going to want my multipliers on and and the really cool thing is there's also a minimum number of players per team correct as the rounds go on that go up first round you have to have at least one player per team second round you have to have at least three players from each team I believe And, and and that makes it really interesting too who am I taking from the teams that I think are going to lose or, and, and, it, and it's and just Kevin, a blast. I love the postseason.
3: When you mention that too, you still have to fit into our roster parameters too, right? right so yeah. you, you, that's a big deal strategy. Is it El Tuve that you're using from Houston or Alvarez? Because you have to, you have to figure out what you're going to do at the spot. So yes, you're right. It's fun. It, again, these hold them ones with multipliers are fun. Because as you progress through the playoffs, every little thing becomes a big mm-hmm. deal, right? Every little yeah. walk or every little run scored, every little RBI make, matters that much more. So you're right. It's fun.
1: Yeah, that's just that aspect reminds me of a. I don't know if it was a made up format or an actual format. I think Justin Mason talked about it a couple of years ago on one of his podcasts, where the format would be you had to pick one player. It was 30 rounds, and you had to pick one player from every major league team. You still had the roster constructions that you were talking about. Like you still needed a first baseman, second baseman, middle corner, whatever. That sounds fun too. But you could only pick one player from every major league team. And. I have not had the confidence yet to actually participate in said <laughs> league. I'm not sure if I would even want to do a draft, but it just sounds like a really fun experiment, if nothing else. So with that in mind, Derek, you guys introduced the Gladiators last year. Those were extremely successful from what I can tell. They filled up really quickly. They were done by January. They were so popular, you guys didn't even do a second round of them, <laughs> yeah. which I don't blame you guys. You have enough things going on throughout the course of the season. They were done by mid-January 11th, I think was the last I think last
3: the last draft. one was the last one, I think was January 15th, but that 15. sold out way in advance. So yeah, you're right. Yeah.
1: Yep. Well, that league, it was, people, yeah, it, I people mean, filled that last on purpose. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that was by design by the the 15 guys that signed up for it. What we got going on for 2024? If you can give us any kind of preview on any kind of things in the works, in the pipeline that we you don't have, you didn't have in the site in 2023 or before.
3: Okay, so l- let me just uh, talk real quick about the Gladiators. Those will be coming back in November, and we have to wait on those until we actually flip the site over for 2024 so that the position eligibilities all line up correctly for 2024 because there's no bench or anything in in that format, mm-hmm. right? It's just 23 straight guys, so we can't have somebody drafting someone that they think can they can play at second base but really can't. It, it, in the DCs and the 50s with 50-man rosters, it's a little bit easier that we can do that. We tell everybody that if you're drafting right now, before the site is actually flipped over, so if you're doing draft champions right now, like the one that starts tonight, or NFBC 50s, or even the league that you guys are going to start, Adam and Kevin, you will see 2023 position eligibilities in the draft room. Now, everyone knows our rules on how what they'll be for 2024, but you do have to keep an eye on that yourselves. And, and we do let people know that once they sign up in the league league starts i post in the draft room i send everyone an email so people i think are pretty cognizant of it but we can't just do that for the gladiators again because there's no bench so it can screw something up plus it's a big national tourney so those will be out there in november again uh, they'll fill up fast and i we it's going to be a little bit bigger this year so there'll be more teams in it i, I will say that but i'm guessing they'll be done by probably still mid january or for sure by be sure <laughs> before february so if you're going to do the gladiators and you missed out last year because a lot of people did and they were w- hoping we did a second one i do not believe we will do a second one this year because there's just other drafts that that kind of need mm-hmm. to fill as well but it was such an awesome thing and the, the, it guys it came from a bunch of listeners i was on a friday night zoom call with and they said mm-hmm. hey could we try this i'm like i guess we could try it let's see well like how much should it cost i don't know 50 bucks sounds about right and all right all right we'll throw it together we'll see what happens and actually when i put it out there <laughs> greg was a little mad at me because it had a 7500 grand prize and a pi- price i think of 20 to twenty-five thousand. Like, are you kidding me he's never <laughs> gonna do that and, and it was funny because honestly like 10 days later, we had so many signups. He's, I can't believe this thing is. So it it was just great. (laughs) It was awesome because it's nice, right? You draft your team and I know guys just hit them on their, my team's page, right? Once you draft them, you never have to touch them again. You don't do anything. Yep. You can hide them and you can look at them once a month or something. So it was a big success. So yes, those are definitely coming back. No question about it. Be a little bit bigger turning this year. And I can't wait. People love doing that. And pretty much everything else is, is going to be the same. And we're not really changing up a lot of stuff. We're going to have the main event. Same prize pool for the main event. Same for the Roto-Wire. We're expecting all of our big ones, draft champions, same thing. The one thing that we are going to do this year, and let's say I'm 99.9% sure, we are going to... I shouldn't I don't know if bring back is the right term because we've never actually had drafts for this. But in 2020, prior to COVID, basically shutting everything down in March, we started a contest which we called the solo shot, which is going to be a national contest. It's very akin to our silver bullets in football, which means owners only get one entry into the contest. You cannot have multiple entries. We lock you down at one and it's a it'll be so it's just it's basically a national contest i think the price is going to be a thousand dollars is which we had it set up for in 2020 we had 118 signups by the time we had to shut everything down once it came back we decided to do we just had to take it easy that year in 2020 we tried to bring it back for 2021 and it it just didn't get the signups it needed so we haven't done it but i think there's a huge contingent a bunch of these gladiator guys said they'd love to love the format some of them play the silver bullet football where you got the one shot so you're only playing once against a in football like a Chad Schrader or Nelson Sousa mm-hmm. or like that same thing it would be in baseball so I think we're going to do a smaller we'll probably just try and get 120 teams so basically eight leagues of 15 what we will have the rosters will be a little bit bigger they're going to be 34 man rosters I think is what we're going to go with and there will be less fab there's going to be fab, probably only once a month. That's originally how it was set up. So basically, six fab periods with a little bit bigger rosters, okay. thirty-four guys, and a, a solid price point. Thousands, no, not chump change for people. No, so sure. It's a, but I think it'll have a nice. It'll have. It'll get a nice grand prize. it'll be a nice prize pool, and I think it's going to give people a, just a, a chance to feel like, okay, I got one shot, but nobody else has more shots than me. So mm-hmm. let's see who can play this. And I think it. Is, I. I have a very good feeling that it's going to. It's going to take off because I know there's about ten or fifteen guys that were clamoring for it and that said yeah people are going to do so that's the one thing we're gonna do we we will call it solo shot again i'm 99.9 percent sure it's it'll be out there once the site flips over and i'm actually pretty excited to run it
1: yeah that's interesting i just like the fact that you're able to not only create new stuff with the gladiator but also go back into the vault if you will and bring (laughs) back formats that you had once in a, a for a very specific reason, right? Yes. You had it in 2020 and bring it back a couple of years later and see it be successful, which it sounds like it, it definitely will be. Yeah, it's also interesting. There's the idea of only having one shot because, of course, even with these gladiators, there's a maximum amount of teams that you can do, but it's not one. No, it's, it's <laughs> not. It wasn't. And, and at a very approachable price point of 50 bucks, uh, you there was very rare to see somebody just do one of those. Same thing with the fifties or even the, the one fifty price points on the DCs, which again are, as we keep talking about, are already live and filled in this one that we're about to talk about. So let's get right into that. By the time this goes live on Sunday, I would expect this draft to have gone a little deeper than what we're about to talk about. But uh, you gave us a little snapshot of of the board and. I would have assumed that it's at probably a little bit further along than what you sent us about an hour ago. But anything, what, what, what's interesting about this board so far in your eyes, you want to compare it to 2023 or just compare it to what your expectations were, this is by no stretch of the imagination an ADP. It's one draft, people. Correct. But it's still the only draft board we got so far. So, of course, we got to try to dive into it even yeah. just for a little bit.
3: Yeah, so let's, it's, at, it's 29 picks through, so we're waiting for team one to make their last pick of round two and first pick of round three. But let me tell you the first round anyways. I think listeners will get a, get a kick out of that. And, and you're right, by the time you this goes live, uh, I'm sure we'll be through 15, 16 rounds of this draft. So the, we will put the first probably six rounds out on Twitter, so people will actually be able to take a look uh, once they hear this live. But right now, it doesn't change the fact that here's the first round. Ronald Lacuna Jr., Bobby Witt, too, which I did make a call. I did once Otani went down, and Bobby Witt just was crushing every night. I made a post into one of the DM threads. I'm with some guys, and I I said, Bobby Witt Jr. is going to slide into number two, and a lot of people didn't believe me. We got proof tonight that the first in the first draft, Bobby Witt Witt Jr. Wait, Derek,
1: was it you? Are you in this draft? Did you (laughs) just want to make (laughs) it?
3: Which would have been great. I'd love to be in this draft, but no, sadly, it's not me. But I think just with some of the things, he's almost at 30-50 at this point. One of each. Yep, sky's the limit. Sky's the limit for him, I think. Um, Julio Rodriguez went third. Corbin Carroll went fourth, like I mentioned before, then followed by Fernando Tatis Jr. at five. Mookie Betts, six. Kyle Tucker, seven. Spencer Strider at eight, which is a little bit higher than I thought he'd go, but it, again, NFBC drafts, pitching never, starting pitching pick should never really surprise anyone. Uh, team nine took Aaron Judge, Garrett Cole went 10th, followed by Freddie Freeman at 11, Bryce Harper 12, Matt Olson up into the first round at 13, and his numbers suggest that he might deserve to be there, right, 2023. Jordan Alvarez, 14, and then Team 15 on the turn took Trey Turner and Jose Ramirez.
1: Yeah, the you cannot... Kick Freddie Freeman out of the first round, no, like no matter I, I what, it's like it's just he it just it won't happen. Like it's the most consistent. Like we thought we'd say that about Trout forever. You haven't said his name, so, not surprisingly, but like Freeman is just that guy. Like at the in the back half of a first round, whether it's twelve or fifteen teamers, he finds his way to stick there. Kevin, anything about that first round? We never get to talk about first rounds on this show. I know. So this is great. Uh, what is there anything surprising about? And I can't imagine why Acuna won't be like the unanimous number one for a while unless something crazy happens in the offseason that I'm not even, I'm I'm not going to talk about that. Kevin, is there anything else that was actually surprising to you?
2: No, not really. I'm a little surprised Bobby Witt Jr. did go second. But like Derek said, I've been thinking the same thing recently. I'm like, yeah, he might end up one short in one of the two categories, but 30-50 on a team that he's going to hit second in the lineup as bad as they were especially at home they do score runs they're a top 5 run scoring team in the league as bad as they are at home Kauffman is that good of a a run scoring environment it's just bad for home runs so with a team that should improve i was thinking i just over the last few days man if i'm in the top 5 in a draft i think i want i think i want bobby wood junior If Acuna is gone, which he will be, if you don't have number one. So just a little surprise that he went to not surprised at all that he's top five. And, but in general, the top seven picks, all five tool guys all five category guys. And then we start seeing the pitchers and the guys that drop a category. I don't see anything surprising here. I think you can move these guys around. This is preference on how you want to build your team. I think I can give you a hard time if you do not take Ronald Acuna Jr. Number one for the rest of that first round. I I don't see there's any arguments how you shuffle these guys around in pretty much any order.
3: Yeah, that's a good take, Kevin. I, I think you're right on. Nothing here surprises me at all. Again, I can see why Bobby Witt, it doesn't surprise me because I, I, that was my call, but I, I think yeah. Corbin Carroll right there, same type of numbers. Corbin Carroll gets on base more at this point. I think that's something mm-hmm. Bobby Witt can work on and get better with, and like you said, his team's going to progress and get better, which is only going to help his counting stats. Uh, to me, the, the tiebreaker is the shortstop position versus, uh, versus outfield. To me, I, I like that. I like that, getting that just guy, I can plug in at shortstop and just never worry about outfield. I know you need five, but uh, I think there's just some things, other things I can concentrate on. Again, I'm not gonna. If you take Corbin Carroll second or even Julio Rodriguez second, I'm not gonna bat an eye. It's not. It's you're not gonna lose. We'll probably
2: see Tatis go yeah. second. In some yeah, ways. we will. You're right. Yeah.
3: You're right. And again, I think if, in some draft, I don't know why, but somebody won't take. Somebody will get cute at some point and now take Ronald Acuna first and probably regret it. But I think you're right <laughs> for pretty much 99.9 percent of the drafts. It's going to be hard to for someone usurp Ronald Acuna Jr. in 2024.
1: Yeah, was, I think the only the thing that stood out to me on this draft board are the colors of the players on the boards, and to see Mookie bets in blue right next to other shortstops, I think is. And he won't be. He won't be, he won't be blue. Be, and he won't be shortstop I don't think eligible unless he yet. gets.
3: He, I know he doesn't have four games left, so I think he's at six. I think he's stuck at sixteen. So 16, he's not going to. Sure. He's not going to get there, but he will be. Uh, he could be orange if you need him to be orange. So second, <laughs> so second and outfield
1: next year, Mookie will be. Yeah, but just that just goes to echo what you said earlier, Derek, that those positions have not switched over yet and they won't spin for a couple November. weeks, right? Yep. Yeah. Until yep. November after the playoffs have concluded. Uh so keep that in mind as you're doing drafts. Another draft, as Derek keeps talking about, and we haven't officially announced, but we will do that right now. We are going to, of course, fit bring back our on-the-wire listener leagues. The last two years we've done uh, 12 team, very approachable, $50, but they are fab. They are a fab show. We are going to keep with that format going into 2024. It's our thing. I've had a couple people already DM me asking us if we were going to do. I'm like, those already exist. They're already live on the site. Go ahead and go do a DC, go do a 50. That's fine. But this year, the one thing we are going to switch up a little bit is we are going to do both 15 teamers and 12 teamers. I'm not trying to make more work for you, Derek, but I'm hoping we can set hey, those. No, I, <laughs> hey, I'm happy you guys give me. <laughs> all the
3: work you can. I'm happy. I love it. That's what uh, I do. So the,
1: the first one, Derek has already set up for us. So if anybody's interested, we are going to do a 15 teamer to start off 2024. It is live right now. So if you message on the wire at on the wire pod on the Twitter, we will get you hooked up with that. The first 15 people to send me some interest. We'll get that. and We'll get you guys signed up. Hopefully we can get this filled up and we can start the draft early Next week, Kevin. What do you think?
2: I don't know if I want to. Who my trying to kid? I'm ready, man. <laughs> who is
1: this? Yeah,
2: let's go. You ready. did not sound
1: convincing for a
3: second what, there, Kevin. What, by the what, way, wild
2: card it. round of playoffs while we're drafting—that's amazing. My goal is that
1: you'll have this draft done before you go to Arizona for first pitch.
2: I see that happening.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think so. We'll figure out how long the draft is going to be—either two hours, four hours. Not sure yet. But we'll—if you have an—if you have an opinion and you want to jump into this draft, let me know when you when you message us about your interest level. But we will do twelve teamers as well. We don't—we do an overall, but obviously we don't do an overall contest with prize money. It's the quote unquote Yahoo shower, which is always fun to <laughs> to give out. Um, so I'm glad you guys put that in there. But we will we will have the overall contest. It'll be two separate ones. I don't, I don't think you can combine the two, a twelve teamer and the fifteen teamer no, contest no. into one. No, yeah. So we'll, we will have two overall winners next year. Uh, we'll see how many leagues we end up filling, but it'll be a fun time. And it is fab. Um, again, yeah. so who does a fab league in first week of October? Crazy and people. That's okay.
0: <laughs>
2: anybody that's ever thought about trying NFBC, whether it be or they hear. On, on podcasts about the main event or the RotoWire online championship. And it, it's a, just a little bit out of their price range, jumping in for $50 into these leagues and with it being a, a fab league and us being a fab focused show, I, there, nobody will ever convince me there's a better platform to do your fab on than the NFBC ever. So if you want to check that out, you will fall in love. Trust me. You will fall in love with the, the whole FAB process, if you've soured on it before, give it a try on NFBC, and this is a nice little price point to be able to check it out.
1: As with any platform, there is always going to be a learning curve. There's always a learning yep. curve. I remember the first year I did anything on NFBC in FAB. I think it was a TGFBI league or something. But it was difficult at first to like really grasp where everything was, especially when you had been playing on CBS or Yahoo or ESPN or any of the other platforms for so long, and you make that jump. But once you're in it, Kevin, I will echo every sentiment you just get. I'm like, I can't do fab anywhere else.
2: <laughs> exactly.
1: Like, I, I I can't do fab on fan checks. Right. Like, i Like, I love a lot of different aspects of the other platforms, but the fab aspect, Derek, you guys did a great job of adding in new fab features last year. Yeah, whether, keeps getting better. Whether being able to adjust multiple lineups all at once or being able to copy your fab bids from league to league, it's just you find ways to... Take in the input from the users and just like, honestly, just like any other tech stack, it's like you take the feature requests, you figure out which ones are going to are, are, are the ones that are most wanted and that are going to make the most impact. But then you do it. You don't just ignore all of the feature requests. You, you got to find out the ones that are going to make the most impact. And you guys, you move forward that with whatever, whatever bandwidth you have. And I, we appreciate you guys for doing that. Thank you. That's
3: very nice for saying that. We do take pride in, you guys, I was a former player on NFBC before I actually you know ended up working here. So I was there through kind of it all. And again, thank you for you know saying that we do, we love what we've done. We get the input and we, we find ways to make it work. You're right. That it, what we've done over the last couple of years has actually blown my mind that we were able to actually accomplish some of this stuff, like especially copying fab lists across leagues. I just never mm-hmm. thought that was something you could do. And for a while, we were a stumbling block because we couldn't get past the fact that you wouldn't have the same players to drop in the league so how could you copy across we finally figured out you had to do it on a different spot that kind of talk to the actual fab room so once we figured it out wow it's yeah things like that just little things we love and we love doing that and you know why we love doing that is because man as much as we all love baseball and baseball fab holy heck can it be a grind if you have multiple teams right on a sunday and whatever so the whole thing is it doesn't even if it doesn't make you take more teams if it just gives you some of your time back to spend with your family or whatever else you like to do that that was the thing because i know it gave me time back after i figured it out put a a lot of time into figuring it Mm -hmm. out now i have more time back when i'm doing (laughs) my fab so it's so that that was just a thing And, and yes we love doing that and we get input all the time sometimes things work sometimes a lot of times people will be like could you do this? That kind of just works for a one person type of thing. Yeah. It's an opinion. We can't really put that across. But again, input is always good because that's where the good ideas come from. Is somebody bringing something up. So of course I always welcome it. And you do mention the fab. I'm going to send you guys. I can't remember if I sent it to you last year, but maybe I've, I'm going to do an updated video anyways, probably in a couple of weeks, just showing all the things you can do with fab the waterfall bids how you copy across how you use your universal watch list now to populate stuff and again just time saver so i'll put a new one together uh, using new names and stuff whatever and i'll get that to you guys for sure so you can put it out on your site or to your use to your guys in your league so that just i the more people that know how to do it the better
1: absolutely yeah absolutely all right, guys. We I think we gave the NFBC enough of a platform to talk about how great everything <laughs> is. We, we talk about what Derek's here or not, doesn't really matter. So I'm glad, happy, happy to talk about it. Is there, is there anything else that we didn't really touch on though, Derek, before we move on to the final section of the pod as far as like things that are happening at NFBC that we're not aware of?
3: Not really. I think we've got Greg and Tom and I aren't the most quote unquote creative website people, if you will. So there's some I think there's some people in in, in Minneapolis doing some backside web stuff. You might see some kind of update changes, not in functionality so much, but maybe just making things a little bit prettier and stuff on the eyes. Some of our stuff is antiquated and and I'm not a guy that cares much about that. I just want the functionality. I just want to make sure things work. How things look aren't necessarily my cup of tea, but we'll probably get a little bit of a tune up in, in things like that. So if you see some things in the next few weeks, don't panic. Everything else is going to work normally that it does. It's not going to change draft rooms or signing up or anything like that. It's just going to maybe add some colors, some more photos, that kind
1: of stuff. All right. All right. Good. All right. Let's we're talk about a couple strategies revolving around some of these early drafts that are already available. We are going to do that after this quick break. All right, guys, we are back. We have been at this for almost an hour and 15 now, guys. let us We're not going for any records tonight, uh, but at the same time, we got some more things to talk about. We talked about how the NFBC already has these drafts live. We're talking about specifically the ones that are live to the public are all draft and hold styles. We have draft champions, which are your 15 teamers. You have your NFBC 50s, which are 12 teamers. They're called 50s for multiple reasons, they're $50 to enter, they're 50 rounds, draft champions, also 50 rounds, but you got 15 teamers and a an $150 price point, at least the ones that are live right now. I know that there are some, I think they're 400 and then higher price points that later on in, in the season, Derek, correct me if I'm wrong there, but something to look forward to if, that you're, if that's what you're looking for. But those 150s and those 50s are open right now. And then we talked about the Gladiators, which very different format still draft and hold, but it's really like draft and hold, but that's it. There's nothing else for you to do because you only draft 23 rounds. On top of that, you have your fab leagues. You have your 30 rounds, most 15 or 12 teamers. Our first listener league is going to be that 15 teamer. So very different formats in the realm of strategy, especially when it comes to the rounds between 20 and 40. In the case of the DCs in the 50s, what kind of players you're targeting, what kind of players will get pushed up in a draft and we'll have multiple episodes throughout the course of the offseason talking about different strategies in more depth. But what I wanted to pick your guys' brain about each one is this is the final game of the of the 2023 season by the time you're listening to this game 162 so i want to talk about the final round of each of these three formats that i just outlined and where your attention might be going in the 23rd in the 30th and in possibly the 48th the 50th round of a dc or a nfbc 50 if you will kevin starting off with you i'm gonna go in order in which we have it Listed on the outline, so we'll start with your draft champions. So I'm going to stick with only these 15 teamers as well. The final round of your DC is going to be pick 750. Final pick is 750th player (laughs) off the board. Of course, I know exactly who you want to go for, but feel free to throw out a name or two. But in general, though what kind of player are, are you looking for in the fifth round? Just a, a war. Are you just looking for somebody with a beating heart? Who's going to take a ball every once in a while, or do you have an idea that you can throw, um, you know, throw a dart at the wall and hopefully you hit bullseye. Um, what kind of a take are you taking in those final two rounds of a DC?
2: There's, there's a, a few ways I'd be willing to go here and I'm, I'm not going to, concentrate on the 50th round let's say 40 to 50 we're you know 600 to 750 picks in uh one yeah uh, old boring veterans that nobody likes but it's going to be around uh, Elvis Andrews he won't be there that late
0: but like he's he was been this year
2: pretty close to that <laughs> late yet you know, right yeah some someone like that that at the end of the year when everybody else on your roster is hurt, you can throw in there and get something out of them. That's great. We talked earlier in the show about with the prospects. I I think the ones I'm going to be interested in are guys that not everybody is on. That's going to then be draft dependent, right? Who's a prospect guy Who's in, the in your draft, mm-hmm. right? Who's in that room? And somebody that hasn't been really flashy, he's 21 years old and he hit 270 and 14 home runs and a couple hundred plate appearances over over the course of the season. Someone like Brian Ramos is someone I've been following because I I am in several dynasty leagues and he's someone that has been available and I picked up throughout the year and he ended the year with a couple hundred plate appearances at double A and as Chris Welsh has been bringing up lately on his various podcasts, level doesn't mean a whole lot anymore. It doesn't seem like. Um, so maybe he, if things go well throughout the 2024 20, season, he gets that call at some point. We saw it with so many guys this season. And a, a, a guy like this is going to be available in the 40 to 50th round not somebody you have to take when we're going to have to jump at Jackson holiday, right? So he's not going to give you what Jackson holiday will give you either, but he, as Derek brought up that reinforcements come in the second half for your DCs. This is somebody that, or someone like him. We're putting names on these guys in October, but Brian Ramos or someone like him is someone I'd be interested in the late rounds of a DC
1: Yeah, that makes sense. You're not going to get like a name that I want to put in here is somebody like Cade Horton, who we've talked about on the show as a possible late season call up for the Cubs who never got the call up for the Cubs. so He still hasn't made his debut, but this is a type of, in my mind, that's somebody that maybe you can get him in the bottom, the back 10 rounds of a DC now. But that's going to be a name that continuously gets talked about as a as a rookie of the that's year candidate the or an early C- yeah. It's like the more people talk about it, the it, it waterfalls out and everybody starts talking about him as if it was his pick. So I want to put somebody like him here, but I know that's it's probably not going to be the case by the time you get into a draft room and he's whether or not he's available at the those back ten rounds. Derek, are you of that same ilk where? you're willing to take that risk in the late rounds of a DC or you just again want somebody who's going to be playing baseball and you know that they're going to be playing baseball
3: I think my point before was on the pitchers. I just don't want to invite that injury, but I was okay having a guy that maybe comes up and splashes, but maybe does it all. You, you look guys, if you look at your, your DCs at the end of the year, half your guys are on the aisle. It's just carnage everywhere. So I think to each their own, I just, again, I, I try not to invite injury to my roster. So a guy that and I hate to keep bringing up twins, but a guy that I like, and I'm not sure again, we're sitting here. It's not even October. We don't know where these guys really are going to get drafted once we get going. But so Brooks Lee is shortstop out of Minnesota for the twins he made it up to made it up to triple a for about the last five or six weeks he, he ended the year with about 500 at bats I, I think he stole seven eight bases 16 home runs the word is that he just he is the shortstop of the future for the twins now i know that they just signed carlos correa to, to a big offseason deal at the beginning of this year but uh, supposedly brooks lee is Better defensively, Carlos Correa was great. I'm not sure when you watch Carlos Correa anymore, you'd call him uh, a great defensive shortstop. So there's rumblings. I, there's a guy I trust that's quote-unquote with the Twins. The talk is now that Jorge Polanco will not be back. The Twins have an easy buyout. He's just he, he, He'll be gone. He was good for the Twins. They, they signed him early through his RB. So they they got real cheap out of him. But I, I think they're done with him. There's talk that when Brooks Lee's ready, he's going to be the shortstop with Carlos Correa moving over to third base in moving Royce Lewis to second base and they're going to find a new position for Julian because you watch Julian he can't play second base defensively in major league baseball so whatever they do with him I hope they find a spot for him whether it's left field I don't know maybe at first base I I don't know I think his bat can play well enough anywhere the twins when they were good had Doug Mankiewicz at first base for a long time Uh, he got the job done you know hit 300 wasn't a power hitter but it, it worked enough because of the other pieces they need Buxton back let's I mean he's hopefully still a part of this a part of this future but i'm excited to see what they do with julian and then they still got to decide what they're doing with guys like walner and larnock and kirilov who just can't seem to stay healthy either the, the guys like that where they you don't know exactly where they are but you can they're probably coming up at some point in 2024 and if they get called early for whatever reason injury or they force their way in guys like that can that can make a difference and be say you put him in your lineup in in july and he goes Fourteen home runs and thirteen stolen bases with a good average accounting stats. That's a big deal in fifties where half your roster at some point can be showing red marks in the, in the set lineup page, right? So that just guys like that, I think. Again, younger guys, right? Just ha- see if you can. You are not going to hit on all of them. No one, none of us are good oh, enough sure, to do that. No not. way. Just to feel that you have that cavalry maybe coming is always making you feel good.
1: I love that you started this off by saying that you didn't want to invite injury and you picked a guy that will only benefit from the injuries that the Twins (laughs) will provide between Correa and Lewis and Buxton and Kirillov and all the other guys you mentioned. Yeah, Brooksley will be up. And it won't be necessarily only because of his bat. It'll be because of the lack of bats that are able to be swung by the injuries that the twins seem to continuously build up, especially on the hitting side of that lineup. It was definitely a common theme of conversation that we had throughout the course of the season this year. And I don't think most of the players that you mentioned aren't, There's no end in sight, unfortunately, I would say, as far as health is related. Hopefully, I hope I'm wrong on that. I I hope hope every single one of them (laughs) is a basket of health the rest of their career. I don't ask that of anybody. All right, let's move on to the 30th round now. We're talking about our 15-team Fab Leagues. Again, very different mentality you go into with these final picks. In my mind, especially if you are going to do a Fab League in October or November, where you there's so much unknown. There's so many free agents. There's so many roles that are unknown, whether it be all the way down from closers to the starting second baseman of team X, Y, and Z. There's a lot of things that you just simply don't know. I think the one thing that be beyond uh, free agency, the one thing you do know, I think in, in most cases, are who is going to be your SP one 2, and 3 on every team. Like you have a general idea of the most talented pitchers, what kind of role they're going to have. Yes, there are a couple down at the uh, toward the bottom. You're not sure if they're going to start the year off in the bullpen or maybe they're the SP5 or they're fighting for a job. But I think in my mind, the free agency um, plays more of a role in the positional players. Fighting for that starting role or that everyday role or the more impactful role. So in my mind, where I'm going after is I'm probably going to be targeting a position player who could end up finding his way into an everyday role or a role in general that we didn't already think. So I'm looking at somebody like Oralvis M- Martinez in, in, in Toronto, who has not made his debut yet, but had a pretty monster power year in the minors last year. And so I see him in the same ilk as what we saw. And this actually goes into another point I'm going to make later. As a reminder, if you are if you do reference ADP or any other stats like that, pull that now. <laughs> before the bZ uh, flips over because you're going to lose it. You can't go back and get it. There are, I think there is a site that that has been tracking the main event ADP and does that uh, as a third party. But if you do utilize that in your research or whatever you're doing in the off season, you might want to pull that now if you haven't already. You'll have it until the site flips over. So you'll have it about as long as the postseason has going. But we saw... I mean, I was looking at the early ADP from last year in October into November. Ellie De La Cruz and Spencer Steer fit the same mold. They were going around pick. They had an ADP of 450 in, in those early drafts as well. Obviously, Ellie De La Cruz was more for the upside. Steer fits this mold of what I'm talking about, like this guy that looks like he's going to walk into everyday playing time. It looks like he has a role unless the team makes a major move in at that position now Toronto in this case, more likely Matt Chapman is going to he's going to walk and he, he might sign somewhere else. Martinez has a clear opening to get the call up early on in the season if not first couple of weeks of the season and as long as he runs with it. but this is also fab. This is also a, a format in which you can make, You're not stuck with these players. You can take more risk, is what I'm getting at. Kevin, do you see yourself in a similar mentality where you're willing to take more risk with this last pick for the upside? Or again, is it more, are you going in a different direction?
2: No, I agree with that 100%. But I might even do that a little earlier, late 20s. I've gotten to the point where the catching position has gotten better over the last season or two and I put a name out here I put a uh, Freddie for Kansas City Royals I think I'm still in on getting a early catcher I'm not going to be so caught up on grabbing my second as early as I have the past couple of seasons because we got guys like Freddie for I think will be available and I think other players are going to do the same thing. So it depends on where you are, right? Oh, do I need to take him in the 29th or sure. do I have a late draft position so I can get him early in the 30th round? But I, I think I'm to the point where I'm waiting on my second catcher again. and, and But I agree with your philosophy. I, I may do that a little earlier 27, 28, 29th round.
1: That's fair. Catcher, possibly, probably corner infield. Derek, are you going in a different direction but you're sticking with? Do you think that final draft pick in this kind of a format is going to be positional pitcher or maybe possible closer? What kind of direction do you usually go here and w- especially compared to doing a draft of this nature in October versus what you would do in say a main event at the when obviously more roles are already known? Yeah, I'm usually
3: a pitcher round thirty type of guy, and part of that is just because I almost I'm very anal on leaving the draft with eighteen hitters and twelve pitchers when I leave it. Do I veer from that one? Sure, I can't if the things fall. But I like to have, I really like to have my eleven pitchers in place probably by round 24 25 at the very least then i'll take some shots on some hitters that i like late and that last pick like you know 30 round draft i just look back at some of the early rotowire stuff uh that i had just had notes on from before and, and there were guys like early in the rotowire season which doesn't really get started until december or something like that so we're not talking mm-hmm. october here but like guys like uh, pablo espino before he went down before he knew, knew about the injury news but brandon Fott was going around 29 around 30 sometime so those are guys that those are the exact. Type of guys that i would choose just because okay if if they somehow break camp and they hit and and everything clicks for them man you got yourself a heck of a deal now in, th- in those two cases did not hit for these guys that took them obviously but that's exactly ex- almost for sure what I like to do maybe if I but with Kevin saying maybe if you have to push them up to round 29 then I got my 12 pitchers then I'll probably take a hitter but I, I really like to get my 18 hitters and, and my actually 14 hitters and 11 pitchers done by round 25 not what I shoot for then I take some shots on some hitters that I like whether I need to platoon a guy with somebody with kind of I, who I feel my starters are at, at least for the beginning but I, I like grabbing that once hit one out of 12 or 13 type pitchers. And when you hit it, it makes a huge difference.
1: That's fair. All right. Last format here, the gladiator, of course, another completely different format in the sense that you're stuck with these guys all all year. So the guy that's putting that you're drafting last in this case, round 23 is going to play just as much as the guy you picked in the first round. And their points, their stats all matter just as much. So the one, the one takeaway. And I think, Kevin, we can dedicate a whole show to our takeaways from our gladiator dress from last year. But is that personally, if I do another when I do another gladiator, I won't be waiting so long on a catcher to talk about. I know you said that catcher got a lot better, but I waited too long on catchers that either got hurt or did not pan out. And maybe on, that's on, just
2: on both or grabbing your first one.
1: On at least one league, I know I had Ohoppy and Bo Naylor as my one-two. So at least one, it was both. And so I think the very least, I won't be waiting until the last round to pick my my catcher two. So that'll be the direction I go there. As far as, I, I do think that there is some value to taking a risk here, especially in this kind of format where in order to, There is an overall contest. And if if it's anything like last year, Derek, like a good majority of the money is going toward, it actually goes toward the the overall. And so it's nice to win your league, but if you really want to take home anything from that, you're really targeting that overall. So to make some kind of risk pick at the very end that has a high upside, it's going to come with a low floor. It's just the nature of those kind of picks. That would be a direction that I think I saw, I think Jordan Walker went, in like the in that round in one of the gladiators I went, but there there were other gladiators where he didn't get picked at all. Mm-hmm. But just because you need to have that it factor, you need to have that variable that kind of stood your team out from others and made up for any other picks that maybe didn't work out and or got hurt. Derek, did you put this? You helped put this together, so I know it was a brainchild. Sad thing a, is I didn't get a to a draft season. any of them.
3: <laughs> oh, <No>, you didn't? <laughs> no, I didn't get to draft any of them. <laughs> We didn't do any private ones, so no way. we didn't do it I might do some uh, private one this year for a little bit more money with some guys, but uh, sure. it, it would just be private but yeah but <laughs> so decided to get to draft him but i do I, I i was a huge fan of them so again my take on this is i the way I draft my teams I'm going to have a great middle infielder some early in the draft. That's just the way I build my teams. I'm also going to have some solid outfielders. So my, to me, I, I get what you guys are saying about the catchers. I'm having my catchers before that last pick. I just am in this format. I'm terrible with catchers. And I will say that I just, for whatever reason, I'm missing out on the guy's wrong ears. I'm not doing it. Anyways, but I'm taking that last pick, and I'm taking a middle infielder, my middle infield spot, or my fifth outfielder spot. There, that's what I'm using. Or I guess it could be your utility spot too. But you know what? You know what I'm saying. I just think so. It, two guys we talked about earlier: Jackson Holiday and the Texas guy. Why? Like, yep. There you go. Wyatt Langford. Those are the Wyatt Langford is
1: just a very Texas name too. Yeah, like, it is it's just it
3: perfect. Is yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> those are the exact type of guys that I would take a shot on there, right? Because Jeff, they could miss. Technically, they can miss the entire year. They may never come up, right? But sure. it, for some reason, they force their way in. They come up. At the, remember the old Super 2 date or whatever where they sat guys for three weeks and then guys come up? You get a guy like that and he just explodes for you in a middle infield position or your, you know, as your fifth outfielder. That's what I think takes and can vault you. Again, anybody can get hurt you know, glad season, right? And it's anybody can get hurt. If somebody gets they hurt. they will. Yeah. And they will. You're going <laughs> to absolutely no question about it. You're going to lose guys for the year. You're going to lose guys for stints on, on the IL. So it's, you, there's no way to get around it. So you got to just embrace that. And I think that's the way to embrace it with that last pick. Take a shot for the moon. If he doesn't play, it's no different than your second round pick getting hurt for a month. You know what I mean? So sure. that's the way I look at it.
1: Kevin, do you have any other different philosophy here based on your experience from last year?
2: Yeah, I took, Too many risks and and too many in the same league, right? Like I talked about Jacob deGrom and Byron Buxton in the same league. That's just in hindsight, I can't believe I even considered that, but it, it it was all about, ah, right. If it works out, it would be amazing. But so I, I think a guy like Michael a Taylor and again, not doesn't have to be specifically him, but old boring, he's going to be out there. Not necessarily every game. This is where I think is going to be interesting for me when I'm looking more into these gladiators. He put up amazing stats in less than 400 plate appearances because he does spend a couple IL trips each year, but usually not major ones. And when he is healthy, his defense gets him out there because he's an amazing defender somebody like that's going to be a contributor in four out of five categories the the one category being batting average is is his particular category that he'll hurt you in a little bit but I think somebody he wasn't drafted in a single gladiator last year I looked it up he he wasn't drafted into gladiator I am sure there's a lot of players in gladiator leagues that would love to have those 20 home runs and 13 stolen bases in places somebody that hasn't played since week three right now that's the kind of guy i'm gonna look at late i agree with Derek uh, on some of the young guys i but i think they're gonna go a little earlier than that probably you're you won't you may not have to jump super early but you're not gonna be able to wait probably till the last round somebody's gonna take that chance so i think i'm gonna fill in with a, a few it seems weird saying a, a player with a 400 plate appearances is safe but i think in the gladiator somebody like that is what we need and
1: to your point yeah he's gonna finish with a 220 sub 220 average on the year but on 400 plate appearances or at bats that doesn't hurt you as much it's like what we talked about with catchers putting up that kind of an average yeah it's gonna happen it comes with the territory but at least it doesn't hurt you as much as if he did play 600 Uh, that that hurts a lot more
2: and and talking michael taylor it specifically i think it's very interesting that his strikeout rate for three seasons had dropped down below the 30 percent that we'd seen him over for several years when we were like man just don't strike out as much <laughs> and this guy's got superstar potential and his strikeout went that rate went down for three seasons and he wasn't nearly as good his strikeout rates back to 33 percent, but when he is making contact He's career home, home runs, runs. Yeah, yeah, career home runs, yeah, it's amazing. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and I'll give the Twins props on that, right? You lose; they didn't know what they were going to get from Buxton. They got nothing from Buxton, but at least you went and replaced that defense in center field, right? I don't know if Taylor is as good as Buxton, but he's darn close. So I, I do give the props, the Twins props for that one.
1: I, I what I would like to see is I would like to see Michael Taylor get one more home run before the end of the year, just so you can say. Michael A. Taylor had just as many home runs as Joey Gallo did on the year. And that'll be a nice little trivia question in the offseason.
3: Let's say, you know, let's, uh, I, I hope he saves it for the postseason. Now, as much as you want to do the regular
1: season, I want him hitting home runs in the postseason. So. <laughs> yeah, save those for October. Yeah, sure.
0: <laughs>
1: All right, guys. This has been awesome. Derek, thank you so much. Kevin, I'm going to leave you a, a moment in, in a minute to give any kind of final notes. But Derek, I want to give you one last uh, shout out and what you guys do over the NFBC and the formats that you guys put together and the consistency in which you put these things out year in and year out, listening to everybody, all the things we've already talked about. So thank you, man, so much. And thank you for helping us put together our listener leagues. And hopefully we can get as many leagues. If we're starting earlier, we should be able to get more, right? Love it. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> we had 10 last year. That's the goal this year for sure. We'll see if we can out get further along with that but give everybody a plug on where they can learn more things about the NFBC about yourself anything else.
3: Oh, let's just keep it simple. I think people know where to find me. I spend half my life in the lobby over at the on the site <laughs> so it's play nffc play NFBC it'll get you there it takes you to the same spot lobby chat lobby i'm in there all the time or brian's in there tom's in there that's basically where you find me obviously my i think people get my emails my phone numbers just from draft rooms everybody seems to have my phone number at this point which is fine <laughs> i get a lot of texts it's all good it's fun guys it's a labor of love so thanks for having me on i love doing stuff like this again i'm a fan i'm as much a fantasy player as you guys are. I can't play in the big things that we have or whatever, but I'll tell you what, I got the best job in the world. I really do. So I I love things like this and I, the fantasy community is awesome. Just the the things they do for charity and the way people stand up and just do stuff together. And and it's awesome. So again, thank you for allowing me to come on your show and talk, but again, just come find us. And and again, great. Again, thank you guys. Can't, Can't say it enough.
1: I'm going to give out the, my, my annual PSA, though. It, if you're following the NFBC on the Twitter, <laughs> on X, it is at the, the NFBC. Yeah, it's, the, yep. it's not at NFBC. Very different. They change, and that changes
3: all the time. It used to be like Niagara Falls Bicycle Club. Then it's t- then it went to something really bad. I don't remember. I think it's changed again. I'm not sure what it's at, but yes, if you're gonna check us out on on Twitter, actually, it's the NFBC or the NFFC.
1: So there you go. Thank you. Good plug. Yeah. If you're just even if you're not following, if you're just tagging, in yeah, like yeah, a yeah. draft board, just yeah. do yourself a favor and tag with at the Kevin. Take us out with any other final parting words at the as 2023 regular season comes to an
2: end. Good luck, everybody. If you're sweating today, you'll be listening to this Sunday morning right before the games get started, probably. Good luck taking it home, and hopefully we don't have to wait till Monday to, to find out who wins our championships. But <laughs> have, have a great day. Enjoy it.
1: Yes, yes. Congratulations to all those who made it all the way to the to the gold, gold medal stand. And for those who are looking forward to 2024, just as much. Thank you guys all for listening throughout the course of the 2023 season. We'll be here every Sunday through the off season and into 2024 with as much content as humanly possible, specifically revolving around FAB. Of course, we'll mix in and match some other stuff in the offseason as necessary, but we'll be here every Sunday. That's the plan. So keep subscribing, keep reviewing, keep commenting. Let us know what you want us to talk about, what you want to hear throughout the off season, And we'll make it, we'll make it happen. So that is going to wrap it up for episode one thirty four of on the wire. You could follow myself on the Twitter at 80 grade. That's all spelled out. Kevin is at hasty Kevin. And of course, follow the pod itself at on the wire. I'd like to thank our guest, Derek Butcher one more time, follow everything he does at the NFBC on the Twitter. And thank you so much for joining us again, Derek. It was a blast. After all that, I am Adam Howe. On behalf of Kevin Hasting and Derek, thanks for listening, and we bid you goodbye.